Hey kids, and everyone else, welcome to Forever Fathers, where you'll gain at least one more reason to get up in the morning. So just sit back and relax and listen. Uh, I mean, don't sit back, don't relax unless that's what you need at the moment. These interviews aren't here to teach you how to relax. They're here uh, for the purpose of uh, giving you motivation. These interviews are with the men in my life who have and do represent great father figures and role models. I'm honored to have had the opportunity to learn from each of these men. And this is my chance to share those opportunities with you. So sit up straight, pay attention, take notes. And if you listen, you just might get that piece of motivation you've been waiting for. I'm the host, Alec Frank, and this is Forever Fathers. And today, I'm here with Lonnie Arndt. Hey, Lonnie. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Uh, Lonnie was uh, is a real good friend of mine, and um, he actually helped kind of get this whole thing rolling. Uh, I was part of the brainstorming and the planning, and uh, this is take two for uh, Lonnie. It's a good take two. Yeah. Um, we we just had to learn how technically inept I am, and uh, we are. Yeah. So we just made it simpler. <laughs> And uh, hopefully everybody gets to enjoy this interview, and we don't have to do it again. Uh, but, uh, Lonnie, let's start with the intro. And uh, Lonnie Arndt, age? I'm 39 years old. Um, lived in Austin, more or less, my entire life. Um, I'm married, have been married for 15 years. I have four kids. I have 10, 9, 5, and 4 months. Um, I'm also, for my professional career, I'm a correctional officer for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. I've been with them for just about nine years now. I'm the training and compliance sergeant. Um, I'm also enlisted in the Minnesota Army National Guard, and I've been in the Guard for 13 years. And if I would have stayed in from my initial enlistment, I would have had over 21 years at this point. But I got out for almost nine years and got back in because the itch never went away. Huh. Yeah, Lonnie doesn't do anything for a short amount of time, do you? Not really. Try not to. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Lonnie uh, working at Advance Auto Parts, night shift. And, uh, man, I know you have patience because the first night I worked, Lonnie was training me in. And I... Don't know what happened, but I somehow dumped like five gallons of dirty water all over the floor. Yep. Uh, From the floor scrubber machine. Yeah. Didn't shut off the. Didn't shut off the water. Yeah, Yeah. that was bad. And uh, Lonnie just kind of stood behind the counter and took it, took it as it came. What can you do? Yeah. And uh, what do you know? Six months later, we were racing my bike around the store, timing each other who could get around the outside (laughs) perimeter of inside the sales floor fastest. Yeah. That was, uh, and neither of us worked there, so we could talk about this. Yep. And, Absolutely. Uh, Lonnie trained me in so well that I became his boss. I became the manager of the store after a while, and then Lonnie quit. So you can take from that what you want to. It, I mean, that's how that worked out. It is what it is. But Lonnie was, uh, I think Lonnie trained in like 20 people there for a couple At least. Years. I at mean, least. Everyone new came to the store. I was tasked with training them at night how yeah. to close the store, how to clean, how to put away a truck, how to order stuff, how to put overstock back, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was awesome uh, working together. And, oh, and uh, the whitewashing. The whitewashing. We got in a whitewash fight. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good times. Yeah. That was one of those times where you realize how much of a man you're dealing with is when he's shoving <laughs> snow in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Outside a parts store. Uh, it, was, it was a tie. Yeah, it was a tie. It's still tied. It was a tie. Um, And one of the ways you know if you have really good relationship with your uh, manly friends is, I mean, Lonnie and I still shake hands for a long time at the end of every time we hang out. And our wives and kids sometimes get nervous because we usually end up... Wrestling or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kind of beating the piss out of each other. Right? Yep. But the chairs are pretty sturdy in the kitchen. They are. You knock a few of them over and they don't break. But uh, I I think that's something for the kids to look up to. I consider that important for them to be able to see that two guys can wrestle and be get friends. along and be yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. It's not all bad. Yeah, it's not all bad. Um, well, we're gonna start in on the first round, which is the concrete buster round, because breaking ice is easy. You can drop an ice cube and break it, but we decided to call this a concrete buster round because um, we're going to get a little deeper and uh, get get the guys to open up, get the men to open up uh, sooner. So, uh, Lonnie picked out a few cards from a game um, called Table Topics, and uh, it's just a, a game with uh, some cool questions if you want to know about somebody. Uh, it's a fun family game, but uh, we use that to kind of bust the concrete up and get to know what you're about. So the first question, I believe, Yar? I do. What traits do the men in your family share? Well, um, I would say obvious physical traits are we're all tall. I mean, I'm 6'5", my dad and brother are 6'4". But as far as kind of personality characteristics or attributes, I guess that we've all been gifted with um, is just that we're very generous people. Uh, we're caring and uh, usually are willing to provide for others in need. Um, my father, for example, he taught me when I was younger to always help people in need. Like we'd stop when there'd be a family with a sign they needed gas or food or whatever the case may be. And he'd always give him money even if he only had 10 bucks you'd give him 10 bucks so my dad taught me the importance of contributing to people in need so and then uh of course with that generosity um and being christian i started tithing religiously no pun intended but and that's been pretty pretty amazing um every time i turn around and seem to have like a financial issue like 20 bucks in a checking account and the gas lights on a van and my wife and I are looking at each other and we're like we have no cash left 20 bucks in checking we have four days till payday what are we going to do and next thing you know a check comes in the mail for overpaying on our escrow account for our mortgage yeah so a bank paying us because they screwed up never happens yeah and it was just enough money to provide, like, a cart of groceries, a tank of gas, and then a few things that we needed to get us to the next payday. So, God has been very 
generous and uh, gifted us in the time of need. So, yeah, there's a there's not a not a lot of that around as far as helping out other people, stopping on the side of the road or giving people the last ten bucks you have. That's uh pretty rare. Yeah, it's and uh yeah the fact that your dad helped ingrain that into you is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always the one that's going to stop and ask if they need help. I kind of was taught very early on, like, you'd stop with all three kids in the car yeah. and stop to some random guy, and my dad, or my if my grandma was with us, would invite him over for supper and stuff. Wow, really? Sometimes we'd pick him up, he'd jump in the back with us, and we'd drive to grandma's and feed him a meal. No kidding. Set him on his way. So. Wow. Yep. Very cool. Very generous people. Uh, what other traits? Um, I, I mean that that one really sticks out the most. Cool. Um, did the other? Did your brother kind of end up with that? My brother, yeah my my brother Tony. He lives in Germany. Um, he he's very caring, very nurturing person. Um, and uh, yeah, he's. I mean. I don't experience a lot with him now because he lives so far away, but yeah. I just know that he has a good, caring, nurturing heart. And Yeah, that's very cool. Yep. And, yeah, it's just something that my father just showed to all of us, me and my sister also. But yeah. Angie, she lives in St. Louis, so I don't see her much either, but I know she's very caring and nurturing. In fact, she even helped start a, a group through her church for, um, it's called MOPS, or she's part of a MOPS group, and she actually put together like a like a storage um, in her basement where people can drop off like baby clothes, diapers, oh. equipment, food, that kind of thing for like um, new mothers in need of like baby supplies. So, wow! So that's pretty awesome. She's opened up her home to uh, provide for others. So. That's very cool. Cool. Uh, you ready for the next question? Sure. All right. Next concrete breaker. What is your greatest strength as a family? All right. Um, this one, I mean, I could probably go on for a while on this one, but um, I would say fi- always finding time for family, um, regardless of our schedules. Um, we have family that are always there and willing to help out and family that's always wanting to stay connected to invite us over for supper to have us uh, maybe have them over for supper so just our uh, my mom and stepdad they're very particular they want to always get together for all the holidays and that's just awesome because there's a lot of families that the holidays come around and they're just busy doing something else like yeah. holidays aren't important to them and I just think that's awesome that my mom and stepdad are always willing to sacrifice everything and and just be awesome hosts and make sure that everyone can show up and everyone be comfortable um holly's mom her stepdad they, they also always want to get together for holidays yeah. and they always want to be involved in our lives so very cool they just show um general concern and love for us so we feel very blessed and fortunate to have such supporting family yeah uh, and at the campground 
I mean, talk uh, about that. Campground. Jeez. Yeah, my campground. Um, we're in Preston, Minnesota. It's uh, about 50 miles from Austin. And it uh, started off with just being like one or two of our relatives that were down there. And then they talked us into going down there. And we just put a tent there. And my dad got a camper, and he put one down there. And then, so it ended up being my dad. We'd go down there, and he'd let us use his camper, and then he'd sleep in a tent. And then we're like, well, this is silly. We shouldn't make a man sleep in a tent when this is his camper. So then we bought a camper. So next thing you know, it's us, my wife and I, and children. Um, Holly's mom and stepdad, my dad, they all have separate campers. And then Holly has... Um, a few aunts and uncles down there as well, yeah. so it turned into like a family affair. Yeah, and so. I mean the I I love that and appreciate that. And then when we go down, it's like we're part of the family. It's mm-hmm. awesome for yep. birthdays or just down for the weekend. Yep. Go trout uh, fishing, tubing, oh, or just yeah. sitting around the fire and talking smart. That's something everybody needs. I mean, that is a, a you can, escape. Yeah, escape, and you're always welcome. Everybody always feels welcome there. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Um, any other? I mean, that's the greatest strength. I, I think that's an awesome. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's just finding time. I mean, time is definitely important with uh, any relationship. But I mean, my family really. They. Time is very important to them. It's, it's priceless. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I. Uh, I. I Another one that uh, I'm glad you have. I think that's why I look up to you so much is because you guys, uh, you make time for family. And that's something a lot of people could do better at. Yeah, it's it's difficult with everyone's careers and you have distractions and, you know, whether it be work or multiple jobs or electronics. Yeah. FaceTime. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I've said no to family things before so we could stay home and watch a movie. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, every once in a while you need something like that. Yeah, but you I do. think family is something that uh, you should be able to make time for. Yep. So, uh, next question. What would be your ideal place and time for a big family reunion? Since we're talking about family. Well, I would say not a reunion as much, but maybe like a vacation. Oh, I like um, that one. I would, uh, because more financially, like, responsible, I guess you'd say. Um, Mexico is fairly inexpensive, and it's beautiful, beautiful country, fantastic food, and, and the tourist area is safe. I would, uh, Definitely love to take my family to Mexico. Um, what? Why is that? Or what, just, what brought on Mexico? Well, I've been there twice. Oh, okay. And I've been to Puerto Vallarta on the west side, and I've been to Cozumel on the east side. Okay. So the east side is the Caribbean side, and it's like turquoise waters. It's like warm bath water. It's just oh, absolutely okay. beautiful. Huh. And the kids have a blast. So that's really what I want to do is just take them there to experience what I experienced when I went to yeah. um, Mexico. So Cool. Uh, yeah, we went to the Bahamas, and we. I think you're talking about, like, an all-inclusive resort or tours. Yeah, right? we'd want to do an all-inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I can't imagine, and I said this last time, but nobody's here, so I can't imagine taking my family. I have a hard time taking my family to Walmart without <laughs> carrying conceal and carry and being freaked out the whole time and walmart is a dangerous place <laughs> yeah well explain what you're explaining to me i mean that made a lot of sense all right so the tourism industry for mexico is huge it's you know it's at least a quarter of their income like that's how a lot of people survive in mexico is on tour the tourism industry so it's highly guarded by the mexican like the federales Mm-hmm. The federal police, the military, um, any tourist area is heavily patrolled, and you you feel safe. Um, and uh, it's yeah, just a neat neat place. And uh, Mexican culture also values family. Yeah, they value time with their family, like quality time. So it's just neat to go down there, and experience their culture, um, and it helps that it's an absolutely beautiful place God created yeah. for us to enjoy and. Food's amazing, and yeah, it's every time we always talk about when we had fun or where would you want to go again, it's right away, Mexico. That's awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. You make me want to go to Mexico. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, um, but yeah, it's, if money wasn't an option, or wasn't a problem, I should say, it was pretty much, didn't matter how much it was going to cost, I would definitely travel Europe for like a summer. But then I also have to get time off of work, which would be very hard to do. But, um, yeah, it's, there's so much history in Europe. Um, my mother-in-law says I have to go to England and travel through England. Maybe land in Scotland and go down through England and then take the channel over to France and then head, head east. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just the history of World War II, uh, my relatives... My ancestors came from Germany. Um, I'd just love to go visit my brother and his wife and son, and then as well as just learn more about like the history of my family. And uh, obviously, I'd also travel north up into Norway, where my other majority of my family is from. Yeah. So it'd just be neat to see the places where kind of like we came from, yep. originated from. So yeah, that'd be cool. And, uh, so that's not com- completely out of the picture like it was at one no, point. No, it's and, not. And, uh, why is that? Because that's pretty cool, and we might as well get into it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, long story short is, um, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University, um, we took it about three years ago, and, uh, before I took it, I, we weren't that irresponsible with spending, we just kind of spent what we had we didn't think of the future so we would just do our basic budget rent or mortgage whatever utilities x amount for groceries so we kind of had a budget but we never budgeted in things like the water heater is going to fail or yeah the car's going to need tires the car's going to need brakes that kind of thing so um we never really forecasted any kind of budget for the future. And then um, we started going to Cornerstone Church probably about 10 years ago. And we just liked it because it, it just is a much more, I don't know, it's a friendlier church, I guess. Or I, I mean, all churches generally are friendly. But, 
It just, yeah, right. it just seemed like they could approach us and like actually talk to us where we could grow in our faith. Yeah. Yep. Where like I grew up Lutheran, went to St. Olaf Church, was confirmed there when I was 16. And I was never a fan of the organ. It pretty much, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to listen to. Yeah. And I'm, it just sounds like dying cows. Yep. So I've never really had much connection with church. I mean, I just believed in Jesus, believed in God, uh, but I didn't really get any connection or any kind of growth. Um, and nothing against other types of Christian religions. Catholics or Lutherans have nothing against them. I believe that anyone, um, as long as they believe in God, they can worship any way they choose. Yeah. And there yep. should be options because people are different. So right. some people like the religious structured uh, approach of worship where other people like to have it be more like involved with like current events, less um, like old school, I guess you'd yeah. say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just kind of, one day I was at St. Olaf and looked around and was, could, have, could have pretty much scripted like what they're going to say in their sermon, in yeah. their hymns they chose, in their Bible verses. And I just, I just decided, man, I'm not doing this anymore. So I would step away from the church for quite some time. And then while I was deployed in Iraq, Holly um, started going to Bethel Baptist in Oatana with her sister, and Holly was kind of on the same page as me. She was raised to believe in God and Jesus, and slowly kind of just stepped away, more or less. Yeah. Um, lack of interest kind of probably had something to do with it. You know, we all, we both struggled with various things growing up. But um, um, So how did that get you back to, because the part I want to get to real quick is the, now that you can afford yeah. more things. So, so make an announcement. About, like, announce it. Just tell everybody okay. what just so, happened because it's really awesome. And I'm He's super, not very patient. I'm very envious. Not but, envious. Um, I look up to Lonnie tremendously for this. Okay, so I was kind of taking a long road, I guess, but he wants me to take the shortcut. So long story short, went to Cornerstone, found a financial peace university, um, Dave, Dave Ramsey puts together just amazing program and we realized that we weren't that well well to do well off and this is a guy that and, when I worked at advance like this was before you took Dave Ramsey yeah. I still looked up to Lonnie because Lonnie was like like I'm the type of guy that I, I suck at paying bills and Lonnie's like yeah I gotta sit down and pay bills today I'm like you you have a day designated for that <laughs> who does that and uh it's, it's bill day that's where, that was five years ago, before financial peace. So yep. then, okay, go on, sorry. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, we, Holly and I both, like, realized how much we were doing wrong with our finances. And Dave Ramsey, thank you, Dave, he uh, pretty much made a program where every dollar counts. Every dollar has to have a job. And we started doing that budget and giving every dollar a job. And we're, as of like a month ago, we were completely debt-free other than our mortgage, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. And it's have, not like you're debt-free with junk. Yeah. You have like a 
super nice van. What year is that? We have a 2015 uh, Toyota Sienna, and then we have a 14 uh, Toyota Camry. Yeah. And it's it just kind of taking Dave Ramsey. It was it was just just eye opening how much we were wasting. Like we look back, and we were spending 500 bucks a month, up to $500 a month on just dumb stuff. Like yeah. going out to eat, to quick trip, three times a week, going to Target and just buying DVD here and there, buying kid toy here and there. Um, no offense to Target shoppers, but when Target closed, it actually helped <laughs> us save yeah. some money because a lot less impulsive buying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Dave Ramsey was, was huge, huge. Huge help to us. So anyone who hasn't taken it yet, I would recommend taking it. Um, I think a lot of churches require like some form of class that you take before you get married. And I think this should be included because a lot of marriages end in financial hardship. Mm -hmm. And I think that if they take Dave Ramsey, it can avoid that, that stressor in a marriage. So yeah, I would highly recommend it to anyone who's not taken it to take it. Even if you're not Christian, take Dave Ramsey's course. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. And uh, boy, if that's not inspiring, that that's really cool that you paid paid everything off, just your house. I mean, and, yeah. And that you said within five years we should have the house paid off. So that is awesome. And they got four kids. Yeah, like four it's, kids. It's not like just a couple paying stuff off. It, yeah. You're still feeding four kids. Yep. Which my oldest Gracie's ten, and she's in basketball. And she'll come home and eat a whole container of fruit and yeah. eat like half a bag of apples. And yeah. We go through it over a gallon of milk a day. So, yep. and they're not even in high school yet. So I'm thinking That's crazy. it's good that we're starting from where we are now so we can kind of build for the future. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Yep. Congratulations on that. I was just really excited to hear that you paid off the van. Yeah. Everybody's got to know that. That's really cool. It um, was pretty crazy yeah uh well that's kind of it for the concrete buster round we got that stuff out of the way um now we're gonna go into uh the story round so i'd like you to think back to the events or people that changed your life uh what story do you want your kids to know and uh what do you want them to get out of it all right um the I'd say the large, single largest life-changing event in my life um, in the last 20 years um, is my deployment to Iraq. Um, back in 2005, the Red Bull Division, 34th Infantry, out of, uh, well, it's headquarters in Minnesota, but it's spread throughout several states. We had got word that we we're going to be deployed to Iraq for a one-year tour. And I was in Mankato at the time. Holly was going to college for psychology, um, working part-time. And my friends and I were uh, in the mortar platoon in headquarters. And they said they were going to select a section of mortars to get attached to Elf Company out of West St. Paul. And my friends pretty much decided, well, if they're going to send anybody... And we don't want it to be completely random, so why don't we just pick who we want to go with and we'll volunteer instead of having this hanging over our heads 
and worrying if we're going to go or not and then who we're going to go with. So they told us like Saturday morning, we need six names for who's going to Iraq. Let us know by the end of formation tomorrow. So over Saturday and Sunday, we talked about it and I was newly married. I'd got married in December of 03. So we were pretty much newlyweds still. And I was not 100% you know, comfortable communicating with my wife that, oh, wow, uh, there's a good chance I'm going to Iraq, but we're not going to take the chance of getting randomly selected because we want to go with people we know. So I'm just going to go ahead and volunteer. Yeah, so, so pretty much telling your newlywed wife that you... Yeah, I made the mistake of not telling her, and she found out from another uh, person that we had volunteered. So she, yeah, that was very... Very rough. Lesson yeah. learned. Even if it's really bad news or yeah. you feel bad because you didn't talk to them beforehand. Yeah. Let them know before they find out from somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely a huge stressor on our marriage. Um, we hadn't even established a foundation yet. We, like I said, my wife was still in college. Um, she still had like a year to go. We had no mortgage. We had older cars. Nothing, no major purchases yet in our life. Um, we had two cats. And uh, just no real financial responsibility that we um, shared together. So we didn't feel like like locked down, kind of. So mm-hmm. it put a lot, of, a lot of stress on our marriage. And uh, I left October of 2005. Expecting to be gone for a few months, come home for Christmas, and then leave for a year. Um, I did come home for Christmas and got to see family and stuff. And then we left in March to Iraq. Um, and uh, while we were in Iraq, we got extended. And it was a very, very difficult time. Uh, we'd actually found out we were being extended from our family because the orders that were cut for our extension for the troop surge in uh, 2007, um, those orders went to the family support group back in the state and they weren't supposed to release it until they got word from the National Guard Bureau, hey, it's okay to send out the orders. Well, somebody missed that memo. They sent it out to all the families and now here are the... Our, even our commanders didn't know that we were being extended, but wow. everyone's getting a phone call from home or the email from home, their panicked loved ones. You're getting extended for 120 days or 125 days. So, Jeez. yeah, four months we got extended for. So, but. That was a pretty long deployment. Yeah, it was. I mean, a, compared to. The deployment overall lasted 23 months. It was just shy of two years. Um, it was. The longest deployment by any branch of, like, any group, U.S. Army, Marines, Air Force, Navy, in Iraq, the Iraq theater, in the history of the Iraq conflict. Wow. So Jeez. we were there longer than anybody. So, but yeah, during the deployment, it was very, very rough. Um, we just struggled in general with communication. I mean, I we'd talk on the phone two or three times a week. And Holly was 
just very anxious about me being there in a country that's at war. You know, she doesn't know if I'm going to die. You know, she doesn't know what to expect for the future. And, you know, it affected her greatly. I mean, she still um, had great support at home. She had her sister she lived with in New Richland. And Heidi carried her um, through her struggles. And uh, I'm grateful for that. She had some really good close friends that she could rely on. Um, and, like, I had my group of guys that we volunteered to go with, and we leaned on each other for support. And But, yeah, there's just certain times where it was, like, coming to a breaking point, and I was really doubting that, you know, the marriage could work. You know, like, Holly was thinking we got married too young, we don't have anything established yet and um i just wouldn't take no for an answer i wouldn't give up hope and uh while uh, the deployment kind of dragged on and dragged on her sister had taken holly to bethel baptist Noatana and got her more involved with uh, the church there and she kind of grew um with that church and ended up being baptized and once she was baptized, um, that I mean that changed a lot of things. That she was had decided to follow Christ and follow Jesus, and uh, we did determined that we're not just going to give up because it's tough. Yeah, you know, the separation was was horrible, but we're not going to just give up. And uh, uh, we decided to do a Bible study on the Book of Matthew, and it was a uh, Life Guide series, I believe is what it was called. And that single-handedly, I would say, not completely saved our marriage, but it was very uh, critical part of helping repair the damage we had done. Um, one of the times we were fighting, um, you know, she had one of her friend's brothers or something was get, trying to get after her, and I was wanting to fly it to the other side of the world, take care of business. Yeah. And, you know, she felt bad about it. And then, you know, I, I kind of, I felt it was my duty to, to like stand up for her, even though I physically couldn't do anything. So I figured I'd pick a fight with Satan <laughs> because he was, I just felt like he was picking on her, like he was attacking her, targeting her because she was at her weakest point. Um, so yeah, I was just walking back from the MWR after talking to her on the phone and just called him out. I said, you're a real tough guy, aren't you, going after a, a woman who's isolated and struggling at home. So I'm like, why don't you come pick a fight with me, coward. So that was, uh, it felt like, I actually felt like I could do something then. Like I could, yeah. like I, I don't know. <clears throat> I kind of put like an armor on her. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very, very tough, tough part of our marriage. And it, I could ex actually strengthen our marriage because it gave us resolve. Like we always think back, okay, well, the time we're dealing with now sucks really bad. But it wasn't as bad as when I was deployed in Iraq. Yeah. So, yeah. It, we always, I mean, it really gives us like a baseline of suckiness that you can <laughs> yeah. fall on. So yeah. something to 
put our feet on, built a good foundation of trust and, and love and, and hope yeah. that we placed in each other. So, How did that, um, did that change your faith within you as well? I mean, I assume it did. Yeah, I mean, it, it was huge. Um, I mean, the Bible study, obviously, that helped studying the book of Matthew, which when I got home, um, they said, wait six week or six months to have kids, and we waited six weeks. And I told myself that uh, my firstborn son, I was going to either name Matthew or his middle name would be Matthew after the book of Matthew that we studied, and also my stepbrother uh, oh, okay. is, yeah. is Matthew. And um, at one time, I was very close with him. And, yeah. Um, we, we just grown apart over time. Just we'd have different careers. Yeah. And slight, you know, a little bit different interests, but I still love them. And yeah. And uh, yeah, of course, Eli came along, our second child, and. So Elias Matthew, named yep. after his uncle Matt, and uh, the book of Matthew. But yeah, it's picking a fight with Satan. Like at first, I, after I did it, I'm like, what did I do? You know, because yeah. I don't. Because <laughs> yeah. I felt he was attacking her, and I was thinking to myself, if he attacks me, where I'm at, you know, in, in Iraq, I mean, it could get really ugly, but it almost felt like it strengthened my... Um, like my belief in God and Jesus, like I think, like I know that I have them as my protection. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I was not. It's almost like I like puffed my chest out and kind of like God's got this. Jesus has got this. So yeah, here's a guy fighting all of uh, was it Al Qaeda? Well, right? there's a little bit Al Qaeda in Iraq, but there's there's various groups. Uh, Fighting all of the Middle East, and uh, you well, decided to just we, throw Satan on top of it. We definitely weren't um, welcomed there. Yeah, they didn't. And, they didn't want us there, and I don't. I guess I can't blame them. Yeah, we yeah, dropped I mean, more ordnance on yeah, Iraq yeah. than we did during all yes. of World War II and Vietnam combined. Yeah, so I mean, here you are in the middle of a huge war, and uh, you decide to let's just throw Satan on top. You're yeah. gonna fight Satan at the same time. Yeah. Well, I just kind of felt like it was like my last, you know, last straw. Yeah. You know, it's like. I mean, and there's, there's people out there that go through nothing compared to what you guys are going through. I mean, they can still see each other at night. They, yeah. They can go, there's guys that can go beat up the guy their wife was flirting with. Yeah. And uh, they get a divorce and here you mm-hmm. are all the way across, or all the way across the world. Yep. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's like, it was, yeah. <laughs> It was something else. Like, I mean, just faith and knowing God will take care of us. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I think that just it like solidified it. And it's not like you can just pick up the phone and do the study guide. Right? No, we. Um, there's two different MWRs. There's these like call stations set up. Um, there's one that was right by my living area, but that was the bases MWR, and there's yeah. usually a lot more people there. And then our brigade had an MWR that was not exclusively for our soldiers, but most of our soldiers uh, knew about it. But a lot of the other soldiers in base didn't know about it. So I'd go to our MWR, but it was like a, mile, a little over a mile one way. Jeez. So I'd get done with whatever I was doing, whatever mission I was on. Usually go to Chow at night because it's nine hours ahead. So then oh, I'd okay. go to Chow at night and then go to the MWR and try to call her. And then, of course, with her school schedule, work schedule, 
and being nine hours ahead, it was always a struggle to stay in contact with her, but I made made it a, a priority, so. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That's, um, man, if anybody needs inspiration, tell you what, that's, that's inspiring. Never give up. Yeah. Because that's what Satan wants you to do, is yeah. give up, give up hope, and just let him win, so I wasn't going to let him win. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. So, I. And then you got home. Yeah, um, coming home, it was, I, I liked the, the feeling of feeling supported, like, like all like the care packages and the letters and stuff that people would send. And I felt it was just awesome, like driving back into Minnesota and they had the Freedom Riders and State Patrol and were escorting us in. People were waving American flags and like, this is awesome, you know. I mean, I felt great about it. And, uh. But I don't like it to affect my family that much. And they were actually on vacation when I was coming home. And they cut out a weekend early from vacation up north and at Leech Lake to come to see me off the yeah. bus, pretty much. And uh, and one of my family friends, Mike Hamilton, he also came up. And, yeah, it was just really neat to see everyone there supporting me. And um, it was, it was kind of weird at the same time because... I've been gone for so long that, like, physical contact, I wasn't used to. Oh, yeah. You know, like, obviously, like, buddy, buddy, like, like, slapping, punching, you know, arm wrestling, whatever. Not a lot of, like... But, like, intimate hugs. hugs, you know, like, with your loved ones. I didn't didn't have that, so... Yeah. It had been, like, a year since I had touched my wife yeah. or any of my family, so um, just... It was more awkward than I thought it would have been, so... But yeah, I got off the bus, and um, my niece, Morgan, who's actually in basic training right now, um, she started on the 22nd of January, I believe. Um, she was there, and she was crying, and and how I was there, she was crying too. Not quite as much as, as uh, Morgan, but Morgan was just a lot more emotional. And it was just, yeah, it was just kind of a awkwardness to it, because we hadn't seen each other for so long, so. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was great to be home, and I just, I felt bad that my family cut their vacation short for me. You know, it's like, I'm yeah. one person out of a family of, like, 30, yeah. you know. I I felt honored, but at the same time, I kind of felt bad, but. Um, do you guys continue the Matthew study guide while you're home, or did, no, did we, you finish it over there? we had completed it over there. Okay. But as soon as we got home, that's where, like, I just felt the need to like, settle down and find a, a church home. So okay. um, we moved, Holly had moved to Austin uh, in April before I got home. I was supposed to be home, but I got extended. Oh, so yeah. she lived in the empty house pretty much while I was extended. And uh, while we were in Austin, we were just kind of checking out different churches, and that's where we found Cornerstone. And like I was saying earlier, it just seemed to fit. Like, we just enjoyed the sermons and the music and just everyone it just seemed like we could actually grow with this church so yeah um and through of course cornerstone we started doing uh, small groups studied the book of james we've um, actually led a few small groups as well um we did one on ephesians we did one on uh, the song yeah um the song of solomon and uh, we also found Dave Ramsey's course, and 
Yeah. With the tithing thing, it was kind of amazing because we were sitting down looking at our budget and we're like, yeah, you know, we're not going to be able to afford tithing. This is 10% of our income. That's ridiculous. You know, God really wants us to pay 10%. And I talked to Pastor Dave about it, the main pastor at Cornerstone. He was like, uh, well, it's, it's what is on your heart to give. It's tithing is just, it's, to, it's to give you like a, a number. And if you can only do 3% and that's what you feel good giving, give 3%. Or if you feel that you can give 15%, give 15%. So I just felt, you know, 10% really is not that much if you take it out before you even look at your bills. So you know, I struggled at first, and then Holly said it's not negotiable. <laughs> yeah. She was like, nope. She put her foot down. She's like, we're going to tithe. Huh. We're going to figure it out. We're going to tithe. I'm like, okay. So we would tithe first every single pay period, and I I Even got... Even while you were doing the Dave Ramsey and everything, too. Yeah, before. Bad. Before the Dave Ramsey, and then, you know, continuing okay. up to, through Dave Ramsey. So, but yeah, we... It was just, yeah, it was amazing, because... We thought, oh, it's impossible, it's impossible. But every time we'd get a, in a pinch, God would provide for us. Yeah. We'd get a check in the mail for something we either were paid on or they, ch- they screwed up like our premium or something and we'd get a refund. So yeah. it's, I really have no explanation for it. I mean, it's just a miracle. Yeah. And he's always provided for us ever since. And now with Dave Ramsey, we've been able to um, trust God with our finances and like honor him and yeah it's just really taking that stressor off our marriage like we don't have to worry about finances because we know for one we'll always be provided for yeah. so that is very awesome um and you guys still go to cornerstone or i mean cornerstone still the church you yes yep. cornerstone is is growing strong when we went to church there was <laughs> Two services on Sunday, and then they ended up doing a third service on Saturday, and now they have a Saturday night service and three Sunday services. Yeah, so and it's packed every time. It's packed. That's yeah, it's insane. Awesome. So, but yeah, it was. It's a very, uh, very great church, and uh, if anyone is trying to find a church, uh, you can go check it out. And if you like it, stay. If yeah. not, I wish you the best. But uh, yeah, we really like. Uh, part about cornerstone that you you grow jesus in your personal life in your heart yeah you know it's not just go to church on sunday forget about it the rest of the week they they want you involved throughout the week you know like every day you should be praying every day pray every day yeah and uh they always wanting to add one more yeah one more to come to come to uh come Come to to god come to know jesus so yeah yeah well, that's a pretty inspiring story. Uh, I'm glad I got to listen to it, and uh, thanks for sharing that. And uh, I hope everybody out there gets at least one thing out of that story. Um, but, boy, there's a lot of content there. Um, we're going to go to the the outro, for lack of a better term. Outro. Yeah, we'll think of a better name. It'll be called something else. Yeah. I don't know what the opposite of an intro is, but... The conclusion? Conclusion. Well, that's good, but... Then it sounds... Yeah, Friday follow-up's kind of the conclusion. True, true. Summary, summary, I don't know. Anyway, outro.
Number Outro. four on the sheet. Number four. So, uh, first one is, what's your favorite quote? Well, I have lots of inspiring quotes that I hear, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. just reading scripture, you can find inspiring quotes. Yeah. Um, but my boss at uh, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department, James Brown, he's a jail administrator, he has um, an electronic signature on all of his emails, and on his signature he has a quote from Harriet Beecher Stowe, to never give up, for that is just the place and time that the whole, I'm sorry, the tide will turn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, I am horrible. The tide will turn. Yeah, I'm, re I'm reading the note because it's on my phone and I don't want to pull my phone out yeah. and read it again. But it's literally like you give up and that next moment is when everything could have changed. So never give up hope. And that, like, it really, that's important to me because, one, I work in a jail. And you're dealing with people that are pretty much experiencing their worst parts of their lives, the worst day of their life, the week of their life, month of their life. They're looking at serious charges. Maybe they've never been in trouble before, and they think they're going to prison forever. Um, you're dealing with literally the people in their darkest days. Yeah. So every person, I try to treat every person with respect. And I just, I always remind myself that I myself have made mistakes in the past that could have got me thrown in jail, and I was just fortunate to not get caught. So, yeah. Um, some of these people are less fortunate, and they could be less fortunate in many ways. Either luck, they could be financially less fortunate, they could be brought up in a abusive household, yeah. had no family support, um, they could have legitimate mental health issues, like actual diagnosed um, mental health issues where they could be committed. So, yeah, it's just never giving up, because... That's what the devil wants. He wants you to just sit, throw in the towel and say, yeah, I, I got nothing more. And uh, anything you care about, anything that, any success that you strive for, you should always have hope that it will get better. It will get better. Because, yeah, the minute you give up is probably that moment that it gets, gets better. And one of the things at the jail, too, that, kind of reminds me of the saying is I had tried three separate times to get a shift supervisor position and the first time I tried just to see if I could do it and I failed miserably second time I tried I did a little bit better and then I was thinking okay strike three yeah whatever okay strike three I'll go for strike three tried a third time and I went up against the day shift supervisor now and I Right away, I thought, well, she's amazing. She can do court minutes with her eyes closed. She multitasks. She can do work of, like, three and a half people. There's no way. And I still gave it my all. And, of course, the sheriff actually called me and she, um, congratulated me on the interview and just said I did very well. And she said, but we're going to go ahead and give it to the other person. So it was crushing and I said, well, thank you for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. And before we hung up, she goes, just keep trying. Don't give up. So I thought that was pretty awesome. That yeah, that's really cool. The sheriff 
she felt that I definitely had um, the qualifications. It's just that at that time, somebody else had better qualifications. And a new position became available when my boss retired, the jail administrator retired, and then um, my current boss, James Brown, his position became available when he got the new jail administrator position. So I took the training compliance sergeant position, and it was me versus another sergeant, and I kind of felt like it was David versus Goliath, because he also had more seniority, more experience, he's already an instructor in several different things, he's pretty well versed in all the aspects of the job, and I just prayed about it, and I said, God, if this is truly what you want me to do, then I trust you can make it happen. And I brought the job description home, gave it to Holly, my wife, and she read it over and she goes, wow, you, this is you, this is you. I mean, this, hmm. I read this job description and this is exactly the kind of job that you need. And I took that encouragement and went into the interview and pretty much blew it out of the park. Um, my first line supervisor actually sat me down after the interview was done and I'd been offered the job and I've never heard him swear much before but he was like very excited for me he's yeah. like you blew that out of the blankety blank blank park yeah he goes that was awesome he goes you never gave up because you tried four times for to better yourself here and the fourth time you could have gave up after each of your failures, yeah. but you kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. And he goes, now you, you got your job that you've always wanted. So yeah, that that is huge. So, yeah, perseverance is definitely something that I think the deployment to Iraq yeah. really, really kind of strengthened my perseverance and my resolve. So, Huh. That is awesome. Um, The next one. Is uh, your favorite book or the book that you'd recommend? Well, I screwed up his name the last time I talked about it. It's not Jack, it's John Aldridge. Yep. And it's Wild at Heart, and it's just talking about unlocking a man's heart. Um, kind of like what men are, how they're wired. Like they need a battle to fight, a beauty to fight for, like a purpose. Yeah. Um, it kind of talks about how growing up as boys, um, you're always playing with swords and make you know make believe guns and stuff, and you've never seen a gun, but you're still making yeah. believe that you have a gun or a sword or whatever, and you're fighting the bad guys, you know, maybe trying to save the damsel in distress, yeah. whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's just <clears throat> a very very good, powerful book. Uh, first time I read it, I read it quickly just cover to cover, just zipped right through it. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. I need to read it again. So then I read it again and highlighted what I liked as I read along and made notes. And as I was reading, I looked back after I got done the second time and I highlighted like half of the words. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I realized the, hands in those. Yeah. the I mean, whole thing's good. As far as books go, I mean, that was definitely, um, Gave me inspiration to uh, be a better man, um, to fight for what what is right, to fight for what I want, yeah, and not just give in. 
So, he, like you said, he builds on what's already inside you. Yeah, it's what God's already like wired into us. Yep. You know, he's like, we're here to pursue a woman. Yep. You know, so yeah, that was the first time I read it was in Iraq. So yeah, I read mine up in the mountains more than once, and yeah. actually, I I'm gonna have to buy a new one because the cover fell off because it was got snow on so, it or whatever. Yeah. That's what happens when you take a book to the mountains. But uh, yeah, actually in there. Anybody that ever goes elk hunting, much less anybody on the earth. It starts elk hunting. It, it starts off bugling a, a bull. And, I mean, that anytime a book starts off like that, I'm in. I, yep. That'll keep me hooked the rest of the time. And someday I will go elk hunting. Yeah. Yes, you will. It has to not be on a drill weekend. Yeah. And uh, or the other thing is. Near a due date or. Yeah. Right. I don't know why well, that would. I don't know what you're talking about. We'll uh, <laughs> cut that part we'll, right there. We'll yep. change the subject quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but I I did want to say, you know, part of me, that book is written for men to, you know, to succeed, to become the man you're supposed to be, kind of. Yep. Uh, but I think women need to read that book, too, because, uh, you know, we're never going to understand how the other sex works right. completely. Yeah. God made it that way. It. it will always be a mystery. Yep. But I feel like if... I, if my wife could get through that book, she would probably understand more. Yeah. It, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it wouldn't it, hurt. Yep. But, uh. Yeah, like love and respect. That yep. It's similar to that. You yeah. Know, um, not quite as in-depth about, like, the love and respect, but kind of very similar. Um. Anytime you can gain insight into how the person you love the most works or yeah. ticks. Yep. That's a positive. Yep. And. And, like, one thing, too, like, it's a book I should probably read again, because, like, every time, like, life throws obstacles in, in the way, mm-hmm. or, like, puts up walls or barriers in, like, your relationship with your spouse, like, it seems like um, you always kind of take a step back, and you you kind of put your relationship with your spouse below where it should be on your responsibilities yeah um like mine right like before dave ramsey maybe just before going to church my priorities were like before kids it was like work my wife and then friends sometimes work friends wife mm-hmm. well then i had kids it was kids work wife sometimes friends then wife where, like, my priorities are screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, being Christian, it has helped a lot. I mean, it's probably helped us avoid separation or divorce. Because um, now we really try to trust God, put God first. Yeah. And then we always try to put our spouse second, and then children, and then family, and then friends, career. You know, it's obviously it gets screwed up. Um, yeah, yeah. With each new child, new stressors, another mouth to feed. You got sporting activities. You got, you know, the, each each child is different. Each child enjoys different things. So you're trying to keep all your different children happy. Yeah, you know, you have you have to maintain your relationship with them. You have to obviously go to work, provide yeah. for your family. You have to uh, keep your spouse happy. You have to stay. Um, connected with your friends and family, you know, you have to entertain them, 
maintain your relationships. So yeah, yeah. I mean, every child, it's like another like barricade in the road communication. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's having books to re- to read to research to like better understand each other is definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, like love and respect or wild at heart. Yep. So I'd highly recommend either one of those. Yeah. And it's good just to, I mean, it helps you sit down and uh, have time together if you're reading a book. So, yeah, um, just books to have um, around re- uh, resources, um, they're great to have to ma- help maintain your relationship with your spouse and your family and friends. Yeah. Um, obviously, having close friends and close family also help maintain relationships. So, because yeah. um, life never slows down. The minute you think, oh, yeah, I can do this tomorrow, something else happens, something else comes along. So, um, it's definitely something I have to work on personally. Just um, sw- switching around my priorities, um, placing God first and my wife and kids family, friends, then work. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is difficult, though, because when you get into life and you're worried about finances and you're worried about, you know, providing for your family, um, that gets to be a big stressor on people, and that's sometimes they get, like, one-track minds. I mean, they, don't, they don't worry about anything else. They just worry about getting the paycheck or getting the nicer vehicle or getting the bigger house or, you know, getting their kids the best of everything yeah and what they should be worried about is spending quality time and building their relationships with the people that they love the most they're spending the most time with so yeah yeah i think you're i mean you're a pretty good example of that of uh of prioritizing or um i mean I, i could be better but yeah i mean everyone struggles from time to time um my wife and i always talk um because we always think about like the future and stuff and she kind of uses different times of our life as like seasons yeah because like the honeymoon phase is obviously like the hot summer you know yeah yeah can't keep her hands off each other and we start having kids and then it kind of gets a little colder you know it's like fall yeah it's pretty but you know but yeah with four (laughs) kids four kids kids, (laughs) my wife's working i'm working um and i have guards yeah it's it gets to be cold because by the time we get the kids to bed at night, yeah, we have maybe an hour left of anything, yeah, <laughs> any kind of energy or whatever, and yeah, it's 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 tough. We we try to watch something funny on TV or she reads a book or I watch something on TV or sports game is on or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's just it is uh, something that is easily can get messed up is your priorities so yeah i I mean i personally have to work on it i'm sure a lot of people out there also have to work on it so yeah but yeah it's that's what life life is about is experiences and having people that are always there for you regardless if you know what season it is so yeah um i think that well one thing i was going to say is it's always Spring always comes after winter, so I, yeah. I always keep thinking, especially yeah, spring. it is February right it's, now. It's the problem with spring, though, is 
in the wild, it's usually babies, and I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with babies. Yeah, no <laughs> At least for the next I'm six done. months. I'm gonna, no. I'm going to count it. I'm going to say <laughs> we're only going to have four. Yeah. For at least the next, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that for a while until... We're only having four. We're only having four. Because <laughs> yep. I, I said that after every kid. Yeah. But uh, if nobody knows, Alec and I both have... Four, yeah, we have four kids. Four kids. Yeah. Two weeks apart, the fourth one. Yeah. Caught up. Yeah. I mean, hopefully yeah. we don't surpass. It is not a, a game. We're not trying to out-child... <laughs> oh, anybody person, that so. would do that is out of their mind. Yes. Um. Yes. But, you, yeah, you talked about friends, too, and... uh. I, I think it's cool because uh, Holly and Tiffany yep. both told us the story a couple of years ago. Uh, or told us or told my wife. I forget how we found out. But they had been praying that they would meet, that that you and Jim would meet each other or meet other Christian men. Yep. And uh, yep. that we would find a group. And um, I don't think Lydia prayed for that because I don't think we even knew that we needed that. At yep. the time, we hadn't been married long enough to know yeah. how important See, that was. New marriages are they're I mean, the honeymoon phase, and then yep. right as soon as the honeymoon phase is done, you got to find something to grab onto. Yep, you got to have a foundation. <clears throat> so and, uh, it's it's a very dangerous time. Oh yeah, and we're so. lucky enough to find you guys, and and uh, so yeah, that group of friends that is something that you can always latch onto. Yeah, I mean, it's something you always got. Yep, and. Uh, and you have a struggle, and you have somebody that you can trust, rely on, that you can talk to them about issues. Yeah. And that you know that it's going to stay with them, you know. Yeah, and we'll and talk they, about they this. They can and help you. And, but yeah, part of. Friday uh, follow-up. Yeah, we'll talk about more in Friday follow-up. But, I mean, between you and I, like we were saying, we found each other. Yep. I mean, that was, for people that can't find a father figure, can't find, can't find a role model or somebody to look up to, I mean, they're there. You just got to look a little bit and we got lucky enough to find each other yeah but anyway uh the other one i'd like to ask you is um of all the reasons you get up in the morning what is the main reason or the reason you would want to share what's that one thing that keeps you ticking well lately i hadn't been working because i tore my ucl and my elbow um worked out great for us Worked out great for us because yeah. we're working on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my drive, my internal drive, which has kind of always been there, is to provide for my family. Um, and that's really kind of, it feels like it's my main purpose in life is to provide for my family. So um, that's really just getting up and you know, meeting the, the new day, the new yeah. challenges, and uh, just striving to improve our our quality of life. So, I mean, sometimes it's not always the best because work's a bear, and yeah. I kind of carry her around too much. But um, lately, with my elbow injury, I have experienced kind of what Holly has to deal with in the morning. So I've been helping get the kids up and ready for school and out the door on time. So, yeah, you know, now it's it's kind of a little different. Before I'd be up and out the door before anyone else woke up in the house. So sometimes I'd just be walking out the door as Holly was waking up. So yeah, but yeah, it's that's kind of my drive is just I want to be the one to provide for my family, and I think I've 
always had that in me. I've uh, always had to work, like mm -hmm. ever since I was like 14, and I've only went maybe 30 days without having a job. Yeah. I've always <clears throat> had to do something with when my you time. When you could have went. Productive. Well, that 30 days could have been how long? It was when you got back and they Yeah, I think I had like employment. six months of federal unemployment or something. And I tried 30 days and I started losing my mind. Jeez, all that tax money just... Well, whatever. <laughs> no, no, that's a, that's a so, pretty awesome quality to have. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of... Uh, my mom, growing up, she was a uh, single mom. And uh, my dad was always there, and he's always giving us money to help provide for us and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, he's very supportive financially. and um, But as far as finances, she didn't have a very good paying job until towards the end of her career. So, I mean, she was very, very frugal with her money, and she would always find ways to make it work regardless. And it was just kind of something I, I just look up to her for, uh, her ability to provide for her children, even though she didn't really have the financial means, she still made a way to make it happen. Yeah. So, I, I'm grateful for her for that. Um, like an example, she was working, and didn't have money for, um, tires or something for her vehicle because, I can't remember the whole background on it, but there's something else that come up and. She had to pay for that instead, so she, but she really needed new tires, and uh, so at the time, she was dating my um, now stepdad, and for her birthday, he bought one of her tires for her, so she could get her tires put on her car, so, huh. but that, I mean, that just shows that she was so committed to providing for her, her family, Yeah, it was above and beyond, I mean, she just ingrained that in me, that, cool doesn't matter how tough it is you you find a way to make it work so very cool nope yeah i mean providing is yeah that's pretty much my drive so yeah that's awesome that way to prioritize well that's all we have for today uh we got lonnie's story and uh some quotes and uh i really appreciate you uh um coming we're gonna read a book but that'll be on a separate interview or a separate tape. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'll be on Wednesday, and that's the part that's really for the kids. Um, so I'm excited to do that part, too, but we'll kind of talk about that on Friday follow-up. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming and sharing your story and helping out with the project. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And we got to shake hands very We're gently. Shake hands gently. I have a bad elbow. Everybody at the jail saw this. It was not me. It was... It was... It was an intentional. Yeah. It was unintentional. Yeah, exactly. He didn't pay Nate any money. No, I to, didn't tell him to, to, to hurt my elbow. Stay a little closer. Is to the this wall. weird now that we're still shaking hands? It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Lonnie. Thanks for having me.